John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Game podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com podcast. Uh, as the Sooners win it 50 to 20 today over Iowa State, and you know what that means. That means we now have a showdown between 5 and 0 teams in Dallas coming up next week. The Red River rivalry, the Sooners, the Longhorns. I don't know, just quick, I haven't even bothered to check. Is that the biggest game in the country? Next week? Yeah, but is it by far? Uh, I 100% think that, well, I mean, what I don't else want to say that. With it? What I don't want to good I don't want to say that it 100% is, but this is the biggest OU Texas game 12 years. I mean, you said 2011, this is the first time that's been two first, undefeated teams. First time since 2011, but I feel like there's been well, I mean, that was Landry Jones' year. So that I, really I would say this Do, is, we cannot disgrace the name of Landry Jones. He, he was, was there in today. the palace yeah. tonight. Greatest quarterback in program I history. I went up and talked to him. He's doing well. He has like 25 kids running around. It was uh, it was really good to see Landry. Uh, he seems like a man that has really um, kind of loosened up. Yeah, he seemed great. Yeah, he was awesome. Like, and it was also one of those things too that is like hadn't seen him in a while. He definitely like remembered me. I think it was just <laughs> it was good to see Landry Jones. I love the Landry Jones talk, but I think that's enough Landry Jones talk. LSU Missouri uh, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Alabama A and M doesn't do anything for me. Uh, UCF Kansas doesn't really do anything for me. Embarrassing loss for the Golden Knights today. Uh, Georgia Kentucky's kind of a big Kentucky game. Kentucky looked week, great today. What offense embarrasses USC next week? Uh, uh, are they off next week? They get the uh, pleasure of playing the Arizona Wildcats next week. So they are off to uh, South Bend. They are off next week. Uh, you think that every week? Uh, no, anyway. it's, it's the biggest game in the country uh, next week. No, and I, think and I think this is the biggest OU Texas game for Texas in a long time. I, it's uh, just as big yeah. for Oklahoma, though. Is it? But he, yes. what he's saying makes sense, though. Like. Texas has come in here. They built up a lot of capital. They beat Alabama. They're, they think they can win a national title. Right, yes. I don't think there's many OU, pe OU people out the there think, that think OU can win a national title. I think there's a lot of people year. out there that are listening that think OU can win a national title. I, well, do I agree high. with that? They're on some drugs. Well, I wish I was. OU can, OU can go win the Big 12, and I could, I could even see them making the playoff. They can't win a national title this year. Probably not, but I think that if they were to go down and win in Dallas... All of a sudden, you're six and zero, and you are having those conversations, right? Yes, maybe, and maybe I mean, it's not realistic, but maybe no. If they go down and they beat Texas, that's as much as anybody else has done in college football yeah, all year, right? Right. I saw that. You know, and again, it's college football game day, whatever they call the final kickoff thing. But I saw that Dan Mullen had Oklahoma as his biggest surprise in college mm -hmm, football, I which, that. you know, I, well, I don't said, know how he, he said out of the teams out of the top 10, which could get into the playoff. Oh, hunt. is that okay? That's and he what said it, was. it was. Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, it's a massive, massive game at the Cotton Bowl. And for the first time in a long time, it feels like this week is going to be awesome. It's yeah. truly, 
going to be the epitome of what OU Texas is. And two teams that have a lot to prove. Texas, as you said, George, with uh, you know the idea that they could go win a national championship and be on that plane. And I think for Oklahoma, it's a little bit of a statement in, as far as this is where we're at. This is what we have been building to get to. And as we talked about on the, uh, on the instant reaction show after the game, George, this is what everybody thought OU should be. They should be 5-0. and They should be going down to Dallas undefeated and playing well. And here's the thing and why I feel, and I'm sure we'll get into what we think is going to happen next Saturday, but why I am somewhat confident that they can win I'm not sure I'll pick them to win, but why they can win is how they've performed in those. Like they're not just five and zero, like they skated through. They've been pretty dominant. There was like like we're going to talk a lot about Texas. We could, we let's start you know by by breaking down what we saw tonight because yeah. I think it's relevant to what you're saying right now. Uh, I mean, for the first time, I think a lot of fans saw defense and they felt like, oh crap, it really hasn't changed. Uh, and it did feel like that. It, and it was such a messy end of the first half. All the penalties, as much time as it took to to play that last, you know, two minutes in the in the in the half and the pen. Insane. I mean, it was crazy. The I mean, last, it was, from from the moment that OU got inside the twenty five, I think it literally took twenty minutes for them to finish that drive. It was it was not fun for anybody. I, I don't think. But I will say. You know, they they knew they had the ball coming out. You're coming off of a Zach Schmidt missed 36 yard field goal, uh, and it didn't feel any good on the fan base when uh, Iowa State turned around and made a 48 yard field goal to cut the lead to one for Oklahoma. And you just felt like once again they're in this place where if they're going to crater, it's going to happen now. And they end up going into the half 40 to 20. I mean, that was the biggest part of the game. Uh, and you cut down on some of the really, really rough play in the secondary. Uh, and George, I, I know I saw you tweeted uh, that this feels like nothing has changed. Uh, but you give up a, a 51-yard pass. Uh, you, you give up. I'm just going down the the scoring sheet here. Uh, what was a 39-yard pass that you gave up? Uh, then a, a 67-yard pass. So it I was think just it was felt, three plays yeah. basically in the first half that amounted to 160 yards. And, and it was weird because. It seemed like OU was in the position to make plays on those. Like, Key Lawrence on the first one was there, and he just, like, stopped. I think he thought he was going to intercept the ball or something. I don't have there to watch. There have been a couple the- of those plays this year, and it, it makes me wonder, like, are guys just afraid of getting that hit that's going to get them thrown out of the game? Yeah, and I get that, but at some point, like, you just got to make a play there. I, I don't – it's it felt like the same way with the – uh, 67 yarder. It was Billy Bowman on that one that just missed, mm-hmm. and I don't know. But that's correctable stuff. Like that was the one thing that you look back and you're like, well, at least it was like somebody was there. Like they just missed on the play. Whereas in previous years, it was like, well, there was no one within 20 yards of them. Right. You know. But um, and really, I mean, that play, the 67 yard, that was the last. That was when the bleeding stopped after that play. There were fifth, four, there was almost the whole half. It was fourteen fifty five left in the second quarter when that sixty seven yard touchdown. So yes, it was really bad midway through the first quarter to the start of the second quarter. But after that, I mean, you only give up a field goal and you outscore them, you know, massively to to win in a blowout. I'll give him credit. Tom Green had tweeted it out during the game, but when Iowa State cut the lead to twenty one twenty, second quarter, they had averaged eight point four yards per play, two hundred and fifty nine total yards. After that, Oklahoma's defense held them to 93 yards 
on 2.8 yards per play the remainder of the final 39 minutes of the game. I mean, they, they shut that shit down. They, they, something clicked. Well, Campbell, it, it, this was the other yeah, thing. Yeah, you went into Matt Campbell's press conference, And right? he was asked that question of, like, what changed after that play? And he said that OU adjusted defensively, and they didn't have an answer. And he was like, they brought more pressure. They did some different things in their coverages. And that, to me, signals, like, okay, like, this coaching staff clearly gets it. Like, how often did we see? And I'm sure, I'm not saying that, like, Alex Grinch never made an adjustment, but no, but see, you saw, you saw, but it never Mike worked. Stoops, whatever they did, yeah. What yeah. Mike Stoops and Alex Grinch did when it started going downhill, it just kept going downhill, right? And so for Oklahoma to be able to one, the players respond to the adversity is a great sign, but two, the coaching staff to come up with the, a good adjustment and game plan to fix it, it just again signals. Uh, you know, things are headed in the right direction in that that area. And you know what's really, to me, watching the game, because I'm at home, you guys, you know, we, we're out of press passes. We can have, have so many people there. Uh, but you get to see so much more of the, the sideline interactions. And that's something I always did at the game. Like, get the binoculars, see, see what's going on on the sidelines, uh, and mostly with injuries. But, you know, Brent said at the beginning of the season, like, I have to be more involved in the defense. And every shot of Brent, like the sideline pit warning penalties. I mean, they're out of control. But you're not going to stop that because you're talking about a staff that, staff that is heavily invested. It always does seem to come when they're on defense too, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think I've thought about that. But yeah, it is. Well, one it of them was 100%. a special. T- wasn't one of them on a kickoff return or something? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. Oh, it was on the it was on the kickoff after Billy Bowman uh, pick six, wasn't it? Early in the game. Oh no, I'm talking about a different game. He got. Maybe it was. I don't remember. Anyway, you clearly see how much more invested Brent Venables is yeah. in just coaching every little aspect of this defense. Yeah, and well, and I, you know, I this kind of leads into this week and what everything is. But I, I told George just a second ago, I'm really excited to see what he dials up, like the the Sark versus Brent Venables line. I'm sure you know storyline is going to be played up this week, and I'm excited to see what Oklahoma does defensively and different things that they haven't shown so far because I think that there is a trust with what they're doing defensively and they can trust a defensive line to be able to stop the run or at least test Texas to have to make some plays and make Quinn Ewers make some plays. And we get more into that, but uh, you know, one thing I wanted to point out is, you know, we're talking about the defense, you know, setting it off and, and, and making adjustments and, and shutting down their defense. I we have to stop here and give Dylan Gabriel a ton of credit for what we saw. We have never seen a quarterback torch an Iowa State defense. I don't like have, he did tonight. I don't have the stats that Brent relayed in the post game, but to think that they put up fifty against a Iowa State defense that just simply doesn't do that. They don't give up that many points a game. They hadn't given up over three hundred yards passing since twenty twenty. It's crazy. As a defense, he played. He played really, really well. I most allowed since twenty twenty. Uh, I think I want to say that the fifty points was like only the second time, or it was the second most points scored against Iowa State. In I want to say like it, it was a long time. Since I want to like say two thousand. Like, I think. Yeah, I want to say yeah. it's been like decades. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, Dylan Gabriel on the day twenty six to thirty nine. He did have a pick, but three hundred sixty six yards. Three touchdowns and then three on the ground. Uh, I will say well, too two on, the, on, the on the interception, he chewed uh, Jalil Farouk's ass. Yes, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was on, on Farouk. On, on the Farouk was the, supposed I to come back he was, the ball. Yeah, there. He's, really. And yeah, really, okay. 
he kind of gave up and just let the def- like Drake Stoops literally ripped an interception out of a, a defender's hand tonight for Iowa State. You didn't see any of that fight from Farouk. He just kind of like, oh well, the balls. But the th- you know the, the thing I love about the way Dylan's playing is he's almost got this, and I kind of wrote this in my game stories. Like he's got this like arrogance to him almost, and like it's that same arrogance. And again, I he is no Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray or even Jalen Hurts. Nobody's going to call him Johnny Manziel Jr. But he is playing with that same sort of confidence that you have to play with to be a great quarterback at a school like this. And, I mean, the the runs that he had, to, the trucking the guy in the end zone. Yeah, that was impressive. And then the him talking shit after the second one. Like, that stuff we did not see from Dylan Gabriel a year ago. And, it, and he's aggressive pushing the ball down the field. He's letting his guys go make plays. He's, I mean, and... The I think, offensive I line deserves some the, credit, too. I think too. he trusts the shit out of the wide receiver unit. Well, yeah, and, and you mentioned it, too. He has all the time in the world. The yeah. pass protection's been unbelievable. I think he's only been sacked twice this twice this year, three tonight, times. Tonight marked only the seventh time Iowa State allowed more than 40 points since the start of the 2017 season, a span of 81 games, and it was only the second time Iowa State has allowed 50 points in a game since 2015. So it's been eight years since they've allowed 50 points. What's the What's the best quarterback Texas has faced this year? Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow. Technically, I guess it would be Milrow. I mean, do you want to say that it was uh, JT Daniels with Rice? I don't know. I mean... You mean Jason Bean's... Jason Bean was bad. Jason, today, I, I, Jason Bean and I have a very documented history. I don't think that he could start for Lamb to Kai uh, intramural team. He definitely wouldn't start for Fiji. I know that, but... That he's he's the kid that almost got me kicked out of the press call. Uh, OU's going to, I will say, I do uh, feel confident that OU's actually going to score this year. Um, yes. Eddie, I don't think you're, you, I, you, you are giving I do this bad every, vibes. I, I do this every OU year. Texas. I do this every year against. I think by Friday, I'm going to convince myself OU's going to win. Yeah. I just think that, you know, I do think, though, that the way that they've played, it serves this. I, I, that's why I think that this week is, a monumental week just within what Brent Venables has been building. Like this is a, yeah. a, if you want to call it a statement game, this is as big of a statement game and as big of a stage as these guys have played on. And particularly Dylan Gabriel, who I think that there are some questions about how he can play against really good defenses. And if he can go do it against Texas, then you can start having the conversations that I think we want to have about it. I guys, do- guys, we're talking about a football team right now. Where everyone before the season was asking us, do you think they can win nine games? And that's this is my point to what Eddie just said. I agree with everything you just said about being a statement game, but I don't think in any way, shape, or form the result on Saturday defines Britton Venables and what he's building. No, no, no. I, I would I, agree with that. Like they could go lose I, by I think Texas 21. is very good. I exactly. I think Texas is very good, and they could go lose by three touchdowns, and I still think this thing is probably heading in the right direction. One hundred percent. with me. Stop it, please. One hundred percent. But at the same time, I do think though that with all the good that Dylan Gabriel's done, and as well as he played tonight, it's gonna be kind of erased if you go down and you turn the ball over three times against Texas. It just is. That's the way the fan base is going to look at it. It's amazing. You know, I was watching the Texas game earlier, and they were talking about it had been 280-something passes since Connor Wegman had been in, intercepted. Uh, Quinn Ewers, you mean? Or Quinn Ewers. What did I say? Connor, Connor Wegman. Connor Wegman, yeah. <laughs> he transferred to, to Texas overnight, <laughs> and he can't play because it's out. Quinn Ewers uh, threw an interception, and then he, throw, he threw one right before halftime. It was a terrible. I mean, like, but that's the thing. 
I didn't realize he'd been so long because I've seen him play in bigger games and he's not always the most reliable. And not that Dylan Gabriel is either. I mean, he made he was lucky he only had one interception tonight. Yeah, so, there was a couple that should have been. But that's also, I know, George, that's something you've talked about in the past. Like, sometimes you have to let it rip. Sometimes you have to take those chances because... Uh, they're like the ball he had to the, the to ball Austin that Gip- Stogner tonight. Oh, I mean, yeah, that one. But I think the best example is the one to Gibson. Yeah, the the play and Gibson makes Fourth a great play. Too. Yeah, Gibson Gibson makes a great play. But that was thrown into essentially double coverage, and it was placed perfectly. And Gibson yeah. went up and got it. But that's the type of play that, that you know changes a game. And I don't know. He's just playing. Gotta have a little maverick in you. Even the the Brennan Thompson throw. He's he's covered, double covered, and he beat him, and it was underthrown. But he's just trusting his guys to go make a play, and you know, come next week and and even the rest of the season, you're gonna have to have to do that. You're gonna have to be aggressive. And I just, I don't know. I think he's playing. I again, I I some people don't want to admit it. I think he's playing some of the best football in the country right now. And I'm when you gonna, look at his gonna, statistics, it's up there. Statistic, and that's why I think it's so interesting going into this week because if you like came from the outside looking in at what OU's doing, I think that. You would look at statistically what Dylan Gabriel's doing, offensively, defensively with the numbers that they're putting up. You'd go, oh, this team's really, really good. But I think that we all have this little PTSD in the back of our brains that's like just waiting for it to go bad. He leads the he leads the Big 12 in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and completion percentage, and QB rating. He's having a fantastic year. I, here's the thing. This is, I'm going to say this right now. You want my hot take, my, my biggest takeaway from today's game that pertains to the Red River rivalry it's this it's because the way he talked about him in the post game I think Brendan Thompson has a major impact on the Red River rivalry next there's week. something there Is he I, the, I don't know how they're going to use him but there's something wouldn't it be it feels perfect like. too the tr- Texas transfer I mean it, it, I was it, a little surprised too after the game Brennan said that he had not been truly cleared to play in games because he's been suiting up yeah since the SMU game and he hadn't seen the field he said that he hadn't been cleared until this past week wow I didn't I didn't know that I mean, it, he and and you're right Kerry because it seems like every year that game like when OU wins or or whatever somebody emerges like I think it was you know, I mean, you think back to even D.D. Westbrook had his coming out game in that 2016 game. Yeah. Hollywood Brown was really good. Damian, like, we can go all the way back to Damian Williams. Williams. Yeah, I mean, sure. it, it's it's somebody out of nowhere, and he would be a good. I mean, he was he he was flying by guys tonight. I mean, he's he's a difference maker. I just don't know, and we're gonna talk about it on the unofficial 40. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the Sooner Scoop YouTube shows coming up this week. I just don't know if you can sit can just truly run the football. I still don't know yeah. if they can do that. Yeah. And I, I don't know I, if they I can stop Ever- I don't know if they can stop the run. I mean Texas was they're really good at running the football. Well they were really good today. Yeah. They were ranked they were, OU and Texas were tied at sixty fifth in the country crazy. in rushing offense. But they've also played today. Alabama. That's true. And I you know look I think they're better at running the ball than OU is. Yes. Definitely. That's for sure. But Good news on Danny Stutzman, too. I'm, I'm, we probably need to throw that out there because when he went down in the third quarter, he's been just the way just year. the way that he was carrying the shoulder. I thought, oh boy, he just dislocated it. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it didn't look good. It did not look good. But at the same time, when they kept showing the replays, it was like you didn't really see his his shoulder. It's kind of wrapped around mm-hmm. a guy. It wasn't it was like a weird, slammed into the right, dirt. Right. It wasn't like an official like 
dislocation or anything like that. I it must have just been a stinger. They only rushed for three point eight yards per carry tonight. Oh, you? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, good. no, it yeah, was no. not good. But at, I say that there were times where I thought like Marcus Major looked pretty good running the football. It was better than last week. It's I interesting. Thought there, that, I thought there was a time when Sa- when Gavin Sachuk looked like he was getting a little bit of a rhythm, and yeah. then it just went away. Have they rushed for 200 yards in a game this year? No. I don't think so. Maybe against Arkansas State? I can't remember what they ran for. But that's not good. Like, you need to be able to... Like, if you're going to win next week, you need to be probably running close to 200 yards in that game. Well, that's like the most cliche thing that you talk about when you're talking about OU Texas is who's going to be able to run the ball, who's going to be able to handle the momentum of the game and the turns that always happen. It's just, it's a a, a different, it's a different game. Here's a big problem next week. Field goals and punting. Yes. I told George the same thing. OU has a, OU has a punting problem. They don't want to punt now. Well, yeah. And actually, that might benefit. Them. Also, they I mean, did. They ran for 220 yards against Arkansas State. That doesn't count. We can't count that. I know. They ran for 189 against SMU. It is crazy too that, and we talked about this on the uh, instant reaction. They're collecting turnovers this year, and it's just like, oh yeah, that happened. Remember back like five years ago when OU couldn't force a turnover; they just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. Get the ball from the other team. They have 12 through five games. They had 21 and 13 games last year. Top five nationally, right? Yep. I think they're going to be, I, I, and I also think they're going to be number one in the country in interceptions with 10. They were second in the country with eight just we'll last s- week. We'll see what they do with Jatavian Sanders. I understand that he had an ankle injury today. That kind of, for me, that's something that changes the game next week. Yeah, yep. he got rolled up on like offensive linemen do when he was blocked. Because I don't, I just don't know how they... Like, who are they going to have cover? And Brent Venables announced tonight that Justin Harrington is going to be lost for the season. He had the ACL surgery, which just is a shitty thing to happen. Because, I, you know, George, you wrote the story about kind of his comeback and what he had done to put himself in a position to be a you know a big player on this defense. I need to stop writing these feature stories. I just keep <laughs> jinxing all of them. Like, Well, I look forward to Danny Stussman's story this the, week. The, yeah, I, the Justin Harrington story... Tears his ACL. Gavin Freeman has done nothing since he returned that punt for a touchdown. Uh, who, Key Lawrence. I wrote about Key Lawrence this week. What's he do? He gives up a fifty-yard touchdown pass. And I'll say, like you know, he kind of got he got benched, didn't he? And, but Reggie Pearson came in he and played, played well, well yeah. and that played well again last year. What last year when a guy got burnt, they had nobody no. to come in. You, you know? They would they would have had no alternative. They would have had to stick with it. Yeah. Anyways, I won't. I'll stop writing about the good players. <laughs> After Stutzman. Yeah, after Stutzman. <laughs> well, look, it's uh, it was a good win tonight. Uh, it, it wasn't always pretty. There were times it was ugly. It was just, it was a very, it was over-officiated, I thought, uh, to some extent. I mean, the, the penalty against Tommy Walker's run, that was, like, it was a little tic-tacky, I thought, to be. Oh, the one that got, what was it, a hold? It was a hold on a receipt. It was on J.J. Hester. I can tell you my dad said it was bullshit, is what he told me, so. <laughs> Yeah, J.J. Hester got called for holding in a play that it had no effect on the, the, the play. So, And it was funny because uh, Tommy Walker went over to the bench and, and Venable still gave him a fist bump. And it was like, that was a great run. So, um, yeah, I mean, I told you guys this after the game. I was like, 
Let's not make the running back a big storyline because people are getting sick of hearing us talk about the running back situation. I mean, I think it is what it is. I'm, I'm glad that is, we had some Devontae Barnes on it, though. Yes, we had some very clear, I guess, I guess not clear, but at least paints the picture a little bit on Javante Barnes. What was the exact quote Brent said? Just he's not fully Basically healthy. Basically said he's beat up, like he's yeah. not healthy, and which is weird because I remember talking to Javante at the beginning of August in the beginning of preseason camp, and he acted like he was 100%, that yeah. the rehab had gone well. But I wonder if once he gets into game form, like it, something came back up, like it popped back up. I don't I don't know. I mean, I still don't understand what exactly the the foot injury was. Something with his toe or something, wasn't it? I think, I think, I think Gavin Sawchuck is... Like, I know that somebody posted this on the Crimson Corner just as far as like what Rodney Anderson had done in 2017. Mm-hmm. And how he kind of got acclimated and then things skyrocketed after Texas. I don't know if we're going to be looking at that where he's putting up 150 yards a game like Rodney had during that streak. But I do think that Gavin Sawchuck is still a guy that you want to have the ball in his hands. He's a home run hitter. He's a guy that can go make a big play for you. How many carries did he have tonight? He had seven carries for 20 yards. Yeah, and it was only like two a carry, 2.3 or something like that, right? They just are... They need Taylor Tatum. That's what they need. <laughs> Can he Devon Mitchell himself? And I am I am getting to the point with the running backs where I just uh, let me see Smothers or Hicks. It can't be any worse. I had that thought tonight. It you know just kind of sitting there like and just let like those guys. I mean, just they're they are they're athletes. Like they let them go make a play. Here's here's what I think though. I think the reason that you saw Marcus Major star tonight is. Why you're going to see him start next week? He's most he's the most reliable. Yeah, yeah, they trust of him. the guy, and, and, and he's he's good in pass pro, and he caught some passes out of the backfield tonight. I mean, he had he had four catches tonight for 17 yards. I'm just looking at the Texas Texas box score right now. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is a problem. Yeah, he had over 200 today. 218 he? yards. He ran for like 336 yards. He averaged 10.4 yards per rush. To be fair, Kansas's defense is really bad they were ranked pretty high nationally though kansas's defense yeah going into the game i'm pretty sure i don't know they're I, not i, I think nationally horrible. they were like top 25 going into the game i don't i don't know i mean i watch i watched some of that game today and they were just getting gashed and maybe that's a credit to texas well, I'm, their, I'm, their, I, best, I, their best their best you know, outside of Xavier Worthy, their best receiver. And I thought Jordan Whittington had, you know. Kansas ranked number 21 nationally. Yeah, George. Total defense. What are they in, in rushing defense? Uh, I'd have to look that up. He has to hit another button. Uh, the A.D. Mitchell kid, the transfer from uh, Alabama, right? Like, he had a big day today. He had a big game in uh, Tuscaloosa, right? Yes. Kansas 25th in rushing defense. OU 26th. Um. Yeah, what were we talking about? We were talking about what a problem Jonathan Brooks is going to be next week. Yeah, I'm. I would be more worried about their receivers because I think OU secondary. I, OU's been pretty good against the run. I, yeah, I think they'll be. They'll, I, and I'm not saying they're going to just stuff them, but oh, I'm. I, I, I think I, 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 think the I word feel terrified could be used of what like Xavier Worthy. Yeah, and, I, I, because OU secondary has shown weaknesses yeah i mean they they teams have been able to, well, look, to throw the ball i mean look tonight yeah you have a third and 19 you give up a touchdown yeah i mean even smu was able to throw the ball on them a little bit I mean, you even, have to get pressure on and that's why it, it goes back to like what venables 
and the defense staff are going to put together? How do you confuse the line? How do you open things up? Are you going to, you know, does DeSamacola have a bigger role in rushing the passer and coming off the edge? Or does, you know, whoever? Yeah, Brent's going to have to dial some stuff up. And, and get, I thought tonight, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't, you didn't see a lot of exotic stuff tonight. I mean, no, but they, and, and like Matt Campbell said after the game, George, it was kind of one of those things of they did have a, the sack numbers wouldn't tell you that, but they did have a lot of pressure in the second and third quarter uh, when they really needed to dial something up. They got them off the spot, and I think they made them uncomfortable a little bit. It's been really effective too when they bring Canick and Stutzman. Yeah. They've both been really good, and, and, I think you're going to see a lot of that next week where they bring those guys and, and try to create the pressure that way. And you know what I noticed tonight is that Iowa State uh, was always very aware of uh, where P.J. Atabar away was. He, that, was He's, pretty good. that was pretty good. Pretty good pronunciation. Guys, he is so close on so many plays. I talked to Trace Ford after the game. There was a point in the third quarter where he kind of mixed it up after the play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked Trace, I was like, is that one of those things for a young guy that you look at it and you go, okay, this guy's like starting to grow a little mm-hmm. bit. He's talking shit. He's getting in people's faces. And he's like, dude, I think like Coach Chavis was like the most excited about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I want to remind you, it is OU Texas coming up. Uh, and uh, we have always been, uh, had great care taken uh, by uh, Eskridge Lexus to make sure that we've got the great rides up there. Uh, and uh, they're just a, a fantastic partner of ours, our official travel partner for everything Sooner Scoop on the road related. Uh, they've sent us to the SEC media days. They've sent us to Big 12 media days. Uh, they've sent us all over. They've sent us to Ames, Iowa. I mean, they, they send us everywhere uh, and take care of us with uh, their vehicles. So what you guys to go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, you know, a lot of new stuff coming out uh, from them, like the uh, third row. I believe it's the TX. Uh, so you might get in line for one of those. I know. Our guy Bob, uh, I never really knew this. Like the third row thing is like so big for like families now. I guess like is that like I don't. I know you guys don't know, but I assume that it's like if you want to have all the kids over to your house, you got to have like the, the best stuff, the Kool Aid and the toys and all that. Like if you don't have a third row seat, you can't take all the kids to like the movies together. So you're like not the cool kid. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I figured not. Yeah. It's the wrong crowd. Sorry. Uh, Eddie's just like, yes. like, who is this crazy person? Yes, I, I, I think that it is. You'd have to an- ask the... Uh, We'd have to no, ask Bob. Never mind. Bob's not here. No, so. Bob isn't here. We could ask... Well, never mind. <laughs> Josh isn't here either. No, I, well, I was going to say somebody else, and it was going to be bad. It was going to be bad. All right, we'll just skip over it then. Uh, but no, uh, Eskridge... Let's have no bad during the Eskridge lecture Uh So go check them out. Uh, if you need that car and you're having a hard time finding it, uh, they're not going to gouge you. You're not going to pay over S- MSRP. Just go EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, get in touch with our guy, Ed. He will do his best to find you a car. He's done that for Eddie and I, even when it was a lot worse time to, f- to buy cars than it is right now. So uh, check with the good folks at Eskridge Lexus. Great uh, luxury. Eddie will tell you it's probably changed his life as much as LASIK surgery has. Absolutely. I love it. I love having the they're, Lexus. They're great cars. All right, so uh, EskridgeLexus.com. Go check them out. Uh, and thanks so much to uh, them for always sponsoring the uh, post-game podcast. All right, so, George, you got big plans, uh, early Texas. I mean, you're kind of the only one that doesn't have, like, radio responsibilities on the way down there and stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go see my brother. Uh, oh, because he lives there, yeah. Yeah, he lives uh, down in Uptown, and uh, it's going to be fun. I haven't been to OU Texas since uh, 2019. 
Jalen Hurts year. Were you on the beat then, or did you just skip? I was on the beat. Okay. Yep, I was on the beat. So I haven't I haven't been since then. So I've missed some of the greatest games ever played there. Now was there was there like let me ask in the post game, were there a lot of people kind of fishing trying to get some Brian Bosworth type? I mean, I was color orange makes me puke. I was fishing. I mean, I Danny Stutzman had the quote. Um, I asked him about, um, you know. Brent's Brent's line tonight was, uh, you know, you don't get any trophies for being five and zero, and so I kind of said that to Danny. But I said, you know, with OU Texas coming up, this is you a big do get a trophy. trophy. And he was like, yeah, he goes, our next trophy is the hat, and I can't wait to get a, get it back in the locker room. There was a lot of and talk like, after right. the game, and Jaden Gibson said something, Trace Ford said something. I, the the forty nine nothing thing definitely sticks with a lot of mm-hmm. people, and I think that as much as they probably won't come out and say it this week, that has been a I, if you want to call it a rallying cry throughout the summer, I'm sure that that is something that Jerry Schmidt has brought up he, multiple times. You know, Even Brent you know, mentioned you know, it. You know, um, you know, they built the the locker rooms and everything when Bob Stoops was still the coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, they all had a hand in it. But I remember when they first showed showed us the locker rooms. They actually have this little inset display inside the locker room where the golden hat is kept. So that so when they go past that every day and don't see the hat, they're reminded, "Oh shit, we lost to Texas last yeah. year." They want to, yeah. I mean, it's it's all. I mean, even Brent. I, I don't know if he was referring to just last season, but I think it was in reference to the OU Texas game, where he said that you know what they did last year was not a representation of what this program is supposed to be, and I think he was referring to not just last season, but what happened in that game. Because it was bare, it was. I think it was, it was embarrassing. Bare it was embarrassing for yeah. everybody that was associated with it. It was the hardest thing to sit through in my career. Like, well, I, just, I asked you just, if I could leave. Yeah, I think I almost let you. <laughs> Can I go to the fair? Because there was no, there was going to be no, no one was going to watch sights and sounds that week. No, oh no. I, in fact, I think that half of the files have just been like the the file footage for that game is very nil. <laughs> Very. Dumb. I remember when you were, you and I were going through and doing all that in the summer. We're yeah, just like, there's not much. Oh, you Texas is tomorrow, so I'll be finished with that in a hurry. Yeah, it'll take 45 minutes. <laughs> I it remember. Was, I, I remember. So uh, bad. I watched it in um, in Denver, and I turned it off after the first quarter because I was like, "This is just a massacre." Yeah. It was so awful. I mean, it was like you would get a little hope because. Eric Gray was doing a pretty good well, they job. Moved, the I remember the first drive, they moved it down the field. Well, it became v- apparent very... Yeah. All that. It became, well, they went three and out on the first drive, but... Did they? Yeah. It was very oh. quickly apparent that they had no shot of actually putting it in the end zone. Like, yeah. they could go from the 20 to the 20, but as soon as they had to put Davis Bevel in the game, they had no shot. I think after the fake field goal and then they didn't... They weren't able to score there. I think they ended up going for it on fourth down and didn't get it after the fake field goal. It was it was kind of like okay, but this, the the thing that over. was the, the the most frustrating is just having to you know not deal is not the right way but you know having the fans so upset at you because they wouldn't put in General Booty they wouldn't at least give him a shot yeah or Nick Evers or, Nick or Evers. whoever yeah like now we know why they never put in Nick Evers because I mean he's like is he even on the depth chart at Wisconsin anymore he's like fourth string uh, and you know we've seen a little bit of General Booty he's not the answer I mean. No, you got to. I'm, it was I'm the telling most, you, this is. It was a frustrating, frustrating game. Is it too much to say that this is a, this is the biggest game of Dylan Gabriel's career? Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's correct. No questions asked. But we name a bigger one. Yeah, I mean it's it is not even possible. This is not it. Even close. This is it for him. Yeah, 
Well, that's it's what I wrote in my story today. Five and zero, oh, great. He's playing awesome. It's awesome to see. But next week he can he can etch his name in like sooner lore. Yeah, I will get, say this. Right, you can put I mean, your name into like some of that whatever you want to call it. Yeah, of OU quarterbacks that have Landry led a Oklahoma win. Landry I don't want to speak any, anything into existence, but man, he's just he is without caution in the way that he's running the ball right now. Yeah. And it kind of worries me a little bit. As much as I like him dropping a shoulder at the goal line, hey, man, just get the ball in and get back to the (laughs) sidelines. Well, and it's almost like I don't want him to do the slide feet first thing anymore because to me that's He almost had one again tonight. Yeah, that's what continues to open yourself up to the worst kind of hit. And he's, he's been fortunate that guys have just slid over him. Yeah. But he's only one of those plays. But away. hey, here's the thing. And I'm going to say this: if I'm a coach anywhere, and it's, I, I'm not saying I would be dirty, I'm saying if you could take out someone like a Dylan Gabriel, you yeah, would worth gladly 15. give up one of your best players. It's worth 15 yards. Here's the thing, though: they got Jackson Arnold, and I think I'm not saying that Jackson Arnold is would save the world, but it's a hell of a lot better than if Davis Bevel. Comes sure, out yeah. Absolutely, they're in a much better a position re- than they were a year. And ago. that's why he's running that way. It's like he knows there's at least somebody behind him. And he, I think he also, Dil, I think Dylan has has become very accepting of this is it for him. This he's mm-hmm. got, you know, at he's the leaving most leaving it all out on the field. Yeah, this is it. And and he and he, I, I think he wants to play at the next level, and he knows he has to have a really good year to have that chance. And so, I think that's why he's just going uh, balls to the wall. I told my dad after the game, uh, Bird Auburn went two for four today for mm-hmm. a Texas field goal. Mm-hmm. Won't happen next week. <laughs> I can't remember the last time that a Texas kicker missed a kick in. No, the are we ball. confident in uh, Zach Schmidt? No, no. I'm not at no. all. No, even the, even even I I might be more confident forty and out than I am thirty four and in. Even the forty six yarder though didn't look like. Was that a forty six yarder? Yeah, it looked almost like he was going to be short on it. Well, and I will say. The direction that they were kicking, it was very windy, windy down there yeah. tonight. Yeah. So it was into the wind. And that's why I wasn't so surprised that uh, Iowa State was able to make the 50-plus yarder or the 48-yarder tonight because that was with the wind going into the north end zone. So he was kicking into the wind on that 36 and that Yeah, 36. on both of them. The 36-yarder, it like floats in the air. It was like mm-hmm. a uh, it was like a golf shot almost. I could see that. Um well, real quick, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the big plays uh, that, that were given up early in the game. But uh, like you said, Reggie Pearson, I think he's, you know, George, we always used to kind of use, do like a, a stock up, stock down. Uh, everybody would kind of take a guy that they felt I like. I listened to the pod. Well, I, we I haven't know. done it in a long time. So. I know. Why not? I was wondering if why, why we don't do that. It's a. It was always a really good segment. I think it just kind of became one of those things. It's like tonight we started this at two o'clock and we just yeah, get the yeah, hell out of true. here. Yeah. Uh, and we had sponsored segments and all that, and then it just got to anyway. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think obviously I don't know, George. You want to take someone with stock down? Let's start there. Let's, let's start negative and work our way to positive. Stock down. Um, Key Lawrence. I know. That's who I was going to go. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, here, here's a off-the-wall one. I don't think Canick played well tonight either. Savion Bird. Well, yeah. 
Is that a stock? Can that be a stock down without yeah, him actually I mean, I, playing? I think it's Troy Everett's job with the way that they're pass protecting, and you know, I, I don't blame it all on the the offensive line. It, it has something. I mean, let's face it. I know we can relay some of Josh's thoughts, and he'll get in on Wednesday. But I think he and I see things the same way. It's just that that major Marcus Major doesn't always make the best decisions in the open field. It, there was a a play tonight where I think Drake Stoops had his man walled off and he went behind Drake Stoops instead of in front of him, uh, where, or vice versa. Uh, he went behind, you know, into the block instead of away from it. And it just, it's like, how do you not see that? Like, so that's, I know he is the starting running back and he did look really good early in the game, but I'm giving my stock down to major. Yeah. Josh gave, I just uh, don't think that he is the guy. Josh gave Kanek a 50. Yeah, I don't think he played. Hard. I don't think he played good tonight. Uh, and who knows? I mean, coming back from that injury is probably pretty scary. Yeah, he just missed some tackles though tonight. Like he just wasn't. In and the he right wasn't spots, really flying around. Yeah, I didn't feel like. Uh, I would just give stock down to. This is going to be so mean. I would just give stock down every week to Austin Stogner, even though he had a nice catch tonight. But it's it a flat just, out drop in the second half. It just, or I mean, second quarter. It's a waste of a body out there, in my opinion. Damn. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> We've been saying it Eddie for weeks. Eddie just likes it when other people are the more of a villain than yeah. he is. I mean, I like him. That's why That's why it's so I hard. like him too, but I like Jaden Gibson a hell of a lot more no, they to be need on to, the field. And if, if that's the alternative and you're going to put more wide receivers out there, I mean, they had 11 guys catch passes tonight. Yeah. They and got some dudes. That, it's, it's crazy. That is their best position group. By the way, it's not it's not a it's not a effort thing. It's not an ability thing, but some stock. You mentioned it earlier, Eddie. Some stock down for Gavin Freeman. I think he's pressing too much on his punt returns. Like, yeah, he's he's trying to field well, everything. He needs to so he fair can make catch a big play. Yeah, he needs to fair cost catch him. it. That could cost him next week, big time. But it's he's impatient, and I think it's starting to show. And we talked about him trying to run everything around the edges the other day. Uh, he just has to. He needs to find his zen, like like what Dylan Gabriel talked to you about tonight. Also, some uh, moron was in my mentions today saying that Drake. They need to stop throwing the ball to Drake Stoops. That dude. All Drake Stoops does. Are there more talented guys? He's the reason yes. that they scored the touchdown before the end of the half. He all he does is catch every ball thrown his way and get first downs. Like that's all he does. Like I don't. I don't understand. I don't want to hear any Drake Stoops slander. It's just it's another one of those things that I feel like they look and they see a white, short white kid that they want somebody else out there. Like they that's want what Jane it is. Gibson playing yeah. his and, position, and I don't think that that's like. And he he doesn't play that position. I know. For, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's like it just. I don't know. It. He's a really be, good football player, man. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he does not drop anything almost. All right, stock up. Um, I still saw a lot of really good things from Ethan Downs. I mean, yeah. I don't think we can – we haven't done this so far. He's probably deserved stock up just about every episode. Uh, but he's getting more playing time. You see him coming off the edge in the run game. Like, that's the one thing that I notice with him more than anything. He's so much more active in run support this year than he's been. And, he, you know, he's a guy that will help clean up sacks and things like that. But you're seeing him just kind of shed blockers and – you know, there were so many tackles for loss early in that game that that defense was riled up and ready to play, and he was a big part of it. How about how about Gentry Williams? Oh. And not because of the pick. Stock up, you mean? Stock up, yes. 
Ginger Williams, not because of the pick. I love how he's tackling right now. Oh, yeah. And making yeah. plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game. He is he he gives me some shades. Uh, this is this is, some people won't know this, but uh, he, I kind of get a little bit of Derek straight, you know, tackle, you know, just a guy that just flies out of nowhere and is a sure tackler. It probably went unnoticed. I'm not giving him stock up, but just because we're talking about the cornerback position, uh, Josiah Wagner played quite a bit tonight. I'm interested to see what PFF has his numbers at. I I would say there was probably more than 15 snaps. You know who's getting a lot of snaps, and I'll give him a stock up because I think thought he played well, and it won't show up a ton in the box score. Is Marcus Stripling? His role yes, is increasing. Play. Yeah, is and he and he's playing well on the edge. Like he's not getting beat. I think he did. He have a did he have the sack at the end of the game there in the garbage time? No, I don't think so. He they have him down I don't think for he was out there a tackle for a loss, but I thought he was in on that sack. But I I think he's playing pretty good. I his snap keeps going up so. Uh, stock up on uh, Jonah Laulu for me today too. I thought he did some good things. Did OU get he was another one of those guys that it doesn't go down into the box score, but he was moving the pocket. Mm-hmm. He was making people uncomfortable. He's been really good in there, and it's it's been a good move. Um, by the way, stock down Trace Ford. You gotta you gotta jump just on because that ball. of the uh, just because of the punt. You gotta jump thing. on that ball. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it, I think what happened was. He was trying to pick it up because he didn't think it was going to be across the goal line. He said that he thought that there was an Iowa State guy coming towards him uh-huh. or behind him, I guess. And he just wanted to get secure on the ball it. and secure it. And it came out. Okay. I kind of felt like he was trying to carry it into the end zone so he could get the touchdown. As bad as OU's punt, punting team and Zach Schmidt Sorry, missing Trace, the field goal. I do think that they can change the game in terms of uh, blocking a punt. Yeah. Peyton and Bowen. we'll see next week. That would be quite a storyline, Peyton Bowen going to Dallas, from being just outside of Dallas from Denver. I'm working you know, on something. He's going to have a ton of family. I'm working on something. I think I'm going to drop several features. This is a big week, man. The content is going to be awesome. I'm Ed, excited. This Eddie is and I were talking about doing a video it, like every day. Yeah. This is as, is, this is as excited as I've been for an OU Texas game. In a while, it's it's gonna be a maybe huge seventeen. Game, dude. Twenty eighteen was big. Remember, Texas came in; they were ranked. You had Kyler Murray. That yeah. was a big one. Yeah, and Texas won, and and everybody said Texas is back. And then it, you know, Texas was good that year too. Yeah, and but. they played again in the Big Twelve Championship, which I think you know everybody that looks at the conference and just kind of what this thing is and the landscape of it. I as of tonight, I fully expect them to play twice this year. I fully expect OU and Texas to play yeah. twice. Or West Virginia. West I didn't see if they won tonight. Did they win? They did they beat did. TCU in TCU Fort didn't Worth. score in the second half. Gary, we were talking TCU about this before. such a bizarre team. We were talking about this before we got started. There's a very real chance that West Virginia comes to Norman on November 11th at 7-1 and one, or 8-1. and one. They have Houston next week on a. They have Houston on a Thursday this. They're off this week. Then they play at Houston on Thursday, October twelfth. West Virginia, I mean uh, Oklahoma State on October twenty first. Central Florida on twenty eighth. BYU on November fourth, and then they come to Norman on November eleventh. I think today was a case of UCF not knowing what the Big Twelve really is. They were up thirty five to seven yes. and lost. Thirty six to thirty five. And to I a think terrible. Baylor I was about to say. Yeah. I think Baylor's bad. Well, uh, um, 
Shapen. Shapen came back today. Oh, he, he did. Was terrible. Yeah. And then early, he let him back. He started. No shit. Figuring it That's out. That's a bad loss for Central Florida. They're not a bad team either. I mean, that's going to be a tough win for OU. But no. it's at home after the yeah. bye. It makes you feel a little bit. Get, I mean, BYU, at BYU, I, I, did you guys watch any of the BYU-Cincinnati game? Yes, because BYU is my lock thing, of the week. And it was the damnedest thing of all second. time. Yeah, like I, I don't think Cincinnati Jones very is good. not a good quarterback. No, I mean, no but, not but a good Cincinnati quarterback. made a lot of big mistakes. But Keaton Slovis isn't a good quarterback either. And for BYU to just turn it on and that final possession, three plays, 82 yards, all of a sudden they're leading at halftime. It was weird. BYU's 18 and one in their last 19 home night games. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that OU's going to be playing out there at 930. 100%. Either that or it's going to be the uh, big noon 10 a.m. kickoff out there. I will say OU is also 18 and one in their last 19 home games at home. Now we haven't got starting any, after six nine, o'clock. We yeah. haven't got any hints about game day next week. No, oh, it is. they're there. Oh, they're, there. they're yeah, there. Yeah. I didn't see it's it. It's in Dallas. It. Okay. It's in Dallas. This, I mean, from a national perspective, I feel like this is going to be it's all you're going to hear about, you know, in the ESPN shows leading up into the week. It's, it's the talk of college football, as it should be. This is the way that OU Texas and, should and be. And I think the narrative around it will be largely around probably Texas. Yeah. And if they're well, and I a think legit that they like that. Well, you have, oh, 100%. You have, okay, so you have a Texas team that's beaten Alabama that feels like that they're knocking on the door of national, you know, uh, I don't know, not supremacy, but relevancy. Uh, relevancy. Uh, and then you have this Oklahoma team that went six and seven, and you know they're just trying to get back everything that they lost over the last year when Lincoln Riley did what he did. Like one hundred percent, it is a fa- it's a fantastic just matchup from a mental, you know, in a, in a preparation standpoint because it. Re- I mean, like we say this all the time. We're just like, I know we've been saying like this is probably going to be a close game this year, but the Red River rivalry is also a game where one team could literally beat the shit out of the other one. When they, when you think that they're evenly matched, one hundred percent emotion plays so such a big role in this game. One hundred percent, and I think that that's what's so much fun because Brent Venables has like, in a way, I think these like kind of mind his team. Like they are all thinking and talking just like he does. Yeah, yeah. And even well, like the, the here's stuff the thing. after the game Deep about down, do they believe it? Do they believe they're ready for this, or do they? Are they still worried that we're still that six and seven I, team? I think that they believe it to a certain extent. They believe. That I think the guys we talk to sure. believe, it. like a Danny Stutzman, he's mm-hmm. he's all in. Yeah. Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, he's all sure. in. Sure, you know Ethan I, Downs is all. You in. You wonder about the other guys, right? Like you wonder, you wonder, and I, I'm just throwing a name out there, but like a Rondell Bothroyd, like does he, the deep down, Trace talked about that a little bit, just in terms of the guys that are new that yeah. have never played in OU Texas that don't really know what OU Texas is all about because it is different when you ride the bus in and then you walk down the tunnel. It's a, it's a different atmosphere than those guys have ever been in, and I think for some, it can kind of overtake you a little bit. Well, and you do all that stuff, and then you get down on the field with the other team, and it ran, r- ratches, ratchet is, ratchet is, ratchets up. It turns up. It, it ratchets up the intensity. It's in, like I. It gets ratcheted. I truly think that like being down on the field for OU Texas <laughs> and being down in the tunnel and stuff. It's it's, it's a, three a.m. almost. It's, it's a two fifty five. You, hey, you it's also a different add in, experience. You also add in that's just like talking about the storyline. It's like last year in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Both teams are five and zero oh, headed to the SEC. Looks like you know the programs are headed in the right direction, heading into the best conference in football. Like. There's and I know the so players. Stuff. The players don't give a shit about it, but you yeah. know, 
Like Chris Del Cani and Joe Castiglione would get a kick out of playing each other in the Big 12 championship. Oh, yeah. I wonder if your mark's going to make the trip to Dallas. I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't. with game day there? I bet he doesn't. It does kind of highlight you can't losing your two best teams. If he's smart, he'll be there. Yeah, I I would agree. I, I bet he doesn't go. I don't know. We'll see. If he does go, he should say things like, this just shows that the Big 12 can be on the biggest stages with everyone else. Well, if he says that, then he's really stupid because he's not. He's talking about two teams that are leaving. Right, yeah. But So I don't think he'll be there. There's nothing he can say that... But I think he should be there to be like, we want to, you know, it's a farewell, you know, like, you know, thank you for all the memories, bullshit. I think my commissioner should be there. I, I think, think the Sankey thing at Lubbock... Greg, the, Greg Sankey, now that would be oh, awesome Greg, Greg Sankey, Sankey showed, up. showed up. Yes. No, I think after what he did at that tech luncheon, he can't show his face. Oh, no. He'll get, could you imagine if he walked out there for the coin oh, toss? He God. would get booed. It'd be awesome. Texas fans want... be like Roger Goodell like showing up at an NFL game. The one time the entire like stadium is in unison as Brett Yormark walks out and they just boo his ass, that'd be amazing. They'd do that. I mean, he's going to have to be there when they play in the Big 12 Championship. Yeah, he will. Well, that will be the only time he's at an OU Texas game because I, I don't think there's any way. Yeah, he goes you're probably right. Dallas. It would be great, though. Not be to mention, concept. like, that's a city of Dallas event more than a Big 12 event. Like, they're the ones paying OU and Texas to play that game there. Speaking of which, uh, have we booked our hotel for that? No, I need to do that, but there's hotels everywhere in Dallas. Okay, I'm just, you know. I just needed to find out what time you guys want to get it, there and do you want to stay Last Saturday time I night? booked a hotel for OU Texas, I was a student, and it's just chaos for that. So it's just like, I. Get paranoid about it. We'll, we'll just stay at Why Zaza. I guess we have to stay at Zaza, and if that's what's going to happen, there are no rooms at Zaza. I guarantee. Eh, we can maybe get it. We can maybe make a phone call. Are they paying for it? Well, they will not be paying for it, but <laughs> we can make a phone call. I know the people to call. I, I also love that the bye week falls right after a Texas. Sure, we can just like take a. Well, we're going to South Bend. I don't think yeah. I want you to at Zaza. I don't. No, I mean, we, it's an eleven a.m. kick. By the way, at Zaza. We don't need another. What was the game? Where you what? both woke up hungover? Tulsa. Tulsa, yes. And we, we weren't, weren't hungover. We I was just tired. We were just reminiscing mm-hmm. on a great night. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's OU Texas week officially. Uh, look, we didn't need to talk a whole lot about what we saw tonight. I mean, we we gave you the goods. Yeah, it was. I, I thought it was a very complete effort, and especially when it when it is twenty one to twenty, and everybody's kind of wondering, like, oh shit, the defense they buckled down and they played extremely well. We probably didn't give them enough credit for how well they played after those three big plays. But really, truly, it was three plays that just kind of put a black eye on the night in the first half. I think so. The good thing about this week is no coordinators. We'll get to sit around and watch Sarkeesian's press conference on Monday. Yeah. That'll be the first chance for somebody to have a misstep. Press I'm sure conference. Kirk Bowles will be out in full force this week. Oh, yeah. It'll be good. I'm Kirk excited Bowles about it. Kirk Bowles might be here. I was yeah, say, should, here. should we send someone down to Austin? Oh, by the way. Go see Sark. Sark needs... I'm going to tell him in Dallas. I might, I might not even ask a question to him in Dallas, but I am going to say something to him about the sunglasses he, he wears. Those are ugly sunglasses. I've never noticed them. They're terrible. They look like they, he bought them at the $1 store, the Dollar General. Are they Dion glasses? Is he trying to no. see his own line? Dion's are much better. Tell you what, man. That was... Uh it was a lot of fun to watch the Colorado USC game today <sighs> because that defense at USC is it's it, I know that we said it last week and we said it on the unofficial 40. 
it's amazing. Like, didn't it, you hate it's that the season? exact you, same shit. Didn't you hate that season so much? I mean, having to, the we're close and having the whole fan base pissed off that they were undefeated, yet they were winning games so terribly. You could, I mean, it was like these Lincoln, these people know what good football looks like. He's denying it at USC, I too. It. I mean, yeah, like. People know you, you, they're not stupid. Colorado was running for like six yards of carry in the second half. I think we've hit every trigger point for OU fans tonight. Landry Jones, 49-0, yeah. OU Texas, and Lincoln Riley all in one pod. Joe Biden, there we go. We hit the, <laughs> we hit the, we hit them all. Grand Slam. Uh, Caleb Williams is the best player in the country, though. He's amazing. Yeah, he's great. Nobody's he's denying amazing. that, but... Well, there are some... Joe Clatt went on like a really weird tangent in the second half about like, I don't understand how anybody doesn't know or couldn't think that he's going to win the Heisman Trophy or in the lead to win the Heisman. It's like, I don't think anybody's saying that, Joel. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's saying that. There's a few OU fans. Only North Carolina fans. Are there? There's a few OU fans still like in my mentions. Like, he's not that good. I'm like, brother, what are you watching? It's it's like we talked about in the unofficial 40. Those people are just... I I truly think it's gotten to a point after even after tonight... Gabriel's playing well enough that you just can't bitch about it. Like yeah. it, it just it makes you look like an idiot. All right, I'm gonna let you guys get. They're probably home. gonna turn the ball over three times next week. I'm gonna get the pod up. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back uh, uh, with content all over the place. Uh, we'll probably have some extra things here and there with OU Texas coming up. Uh, but uh, don't forget, uh, sign up, subscribe to the Oklahoma Sooners podcast, uh, post game podcast, so you can make sure when you get these. Tons of you listening. We appreciate that very much. Uh, and uh, let's get ready, folks. It's going to be a big week, and we're gonna we're gonna content the shit out of this thing. So, thanks again for listening. Uh, get some sleep if you're still up. Uh, we'll be back again after the OU Texas game for your next Eskridge Lexus post game podcast from SoonerScoop.com.